Hey, and welcome back to the Heavy Sweater Podcast. My name is John King. Uh, this episode is the first of a few that are done over Zoom. It's still always a learning curve, I guess, with this. The uh, My audio is not great in this one, but Jax is excellent. But yeah, since Brisbane lockdown happened, uh, I was unable to get to anybody that I had planned to do a podcast with or wanted to do a podcast with. So I did a couple over Zoom and they all came out pretty well, I think. The content is great stuff, um, including today's guest, Jack Marshall of Malibu Stacy and Brightwater. He's also an incredibly talented comedian and a podcaster as well, which we get into everything, his beginnings in hardcore and living overseas and coming back to Australia and and his introduction to the Australian comedy scene, as well as his podcast, Beer Shark, very funny shit, and his skits, which I think are probably the funniest thing I've seen in a while, um, as I'm a big comedy guy as well. Um, But yeah, so Jack Marshall this week, great fucking guy. He's welcome back whenever he wants. Um, You can check him out today, Wednesday, um, at Good Chat Comedy Club. He's doing his set tonight so go check him out wherever you can whether it be tonight or another night check him out he's a very funny guy um so with all that being said this one goes out to tom wood it's wednesday and you know what that means excellent hey man Hey, John, how are you? Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Chilling. Lockdown shit. Oh, man. It sucks. Yeah. We're missing the meeting right now. There's a meeting right now. So oh, yeah, whether yeah, or not yeah. the uh, lockdown's being extended. Yeah, fuck. I, I reckon know. it is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The, no amount, of, the amount of cases it's going to have to be, for sure. Boy, I'll have egg on my face if it's good news when we hit the stop. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> Sick. Well, um, we just get straight into everything and the first heavy band you remember listening or seeing or hearing for the first time. Uh, the band that got me into heavy music to begin with, with Job for a Cowboy. Really? Um, yeah, I, I found a video of theirs when I was 10 of that scene from SpongeBob where they're playing the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that video where <laughs> yeah. they put knee deep yeah. over it? <laughs> yeah, that's so sick. And I started playing. I was like 10 years old. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is That's awesome. Excellent. That's so sick. Just straight yeah, up so- in the deep end, job for a cowboy. Yeah, it was a mix of that. And also I was a big big Singstar kid. Okay. And um, on Singstar Party, there was a Busted song. And then I got super into Busted and Pop Punk. And then okay. one of the blokes from there left and started like a Deftones kind of band called Five oh, Star. Fuck. That's and hectic. yeah, those were the two, the two uh, horsemen of me getting into into heavy fuck that's crazy started going to shows when i was about 14 saw end world that was my first show that's so sick that <laughs> is a killer. nightmare of a band. <laughs> that is so sick though fuck yeah that's wild so like the scene just like was around straight away for me like four years of just being a little heavy sweater and then yeah well i found shows. it when i was living in Albury and then I, I moved to America for a bit which has okay. a great hardcore scene but yeah, for sure. I lived in the Midwest there was nothing there yeah now so, there's fucking heaps but probably back then it would have been like nothing yeah well it turns out there was a sick band that started like as soon as I left the US oh. um, but I uh, I moved to Toowoomba and that's when you know I moved there in 2013 
okay yeah. oh no 20 2011 and that's when the the hardcore scene there was really kicking off yeah, yeah, yeah. Were bands like like revelations and ambitions and lockjaw fuck yeah and uh yeah lockjaw the, the the vocalist was super nice to me at my first show when i was 14 and um he gave me a free cd and now i have the album art of that cd tattooed on my thigh that's fucking excellent that shit like fully like makes lifelong fans yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. it got me into hardcore, I think, because I was I was so petrified of all of these, you know, 200 kilo sweaty cunts in crew decks. <laughs> yeah, all the straight edge dads just like taking out their pent up aggression. <laughs> yeah, I was like 40 kilos. Just <laughs> Yeah. But it was good to know that there were good people. There were better yeah. people there than anywhere, any other subculture I'd kind of tried to be a part of because I tried yeah. being like a skater before that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good dudes there too, but it's like there's also a lot of like 30-year-olds. It's like, oh, yeah. oh check out my 13-year-old girlfriend. I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's sus. Like, don't know about that. So a lot like hardcore in that sense, actually. Yeah, ooh, especially back then. Now it's yeah. like definitely fleshed out all the scumbags. It's frowned upon. Yeah. Uh, but you can spot it if you get your binoculars out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, and then from going to shows, had you played guitar before you started going to shows or was like that afterwards? Yeah, well, I started playing guitar around the same time I got into heavy music. Okay. Um, when I was 10, my, oh. uh, my uncle gave my dad his 71 telly. Oh, sick. That's so rad. So I just learned everything on that and um, dad ended up giving that to me. So now that's my like main guitar now. Fuck yeah. But yeah, and I've been playing for like, yeah, 15 years, been playing drums since I was about 12. Yeah. Uh, piano since, yeah, I was about like 13. That's insane. Um, I was going to ask about everything else because you play like literally everything and do vocals. Yeah, well, that's what I did instead of schoolwork. Oh, sick. <laughs> cool. Like I had a spare class in high school and I just used to go to the music block and just teach myself piano and like play oh, the drums wow. there and stuff. And just that's how I learned everything, just from bludging. Fuck yeah. And then from like playing everything and going to shows when does your first band kick off uh i would have been about i would have been 16 or 17 i think okay it was called made to measure yeah um which was uh it was like a little livery on the front of a storefront down the road from like one of the local music halls in Toowoomba. they just did like vinyl flooring and stuff and it said made to measure my ass that's pretty sick yeah uh so that was easy core um, okay. and we played in drop a sharp and oh. there was a lot of ridiculous slow breakdowns <laughs> and sick. we did a cover of take on me by aha and at That's the end of every so chorus funny. there was just like this massive acacia strain breakdown <laughs> just, That's uh, so excellent standard 2012 kind of shit yeah yeah that's funny as fuck i love that shit <laughs> that's so sick but yeah we did like oh probably I don't know, 20 shows or something, just spend okay. a year having fun. And yeah, then yeah. we put out an EP. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> Is it available anywhere? It's, yeah, madetomeasure.bandcamp.com oh, if you want to hear the first sick. music I ever released. Fuck yeah, that's excellent. It's terrible. We uh, For the drums, we just plugged the electric drum kit into my like little eight-track mixer. Oh, yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's so sick. Which feels like the modern day equivalent of, you know, bands when they used to make like demos on like a four track cassette yeah, yeah. deck. Yeah. Well, like even like back then you would have been like so young that you wouldn't have just been like, oh, we can program drums. Even if like 
you did, it would have been hell expensive. Man, I was looking at, I was making like producing music for about fucking, I don't know, like five years before I even found out about MIDI. Fuck. Like everything I did was, was like line out recordings. Yeah. And uh, then I found out that you can get VSTIs and just yeah. like put the MIDI <laughs> tracks there and they'll make the sounds for you, but yeah, yeah. crisper. Yeah. And you can change them after you record them. It, ch- it tra- changed my whole world. Yeah, for sure. Like you can change the intensity of like a, a hit on a drum and everything. Yeah, if you if you go out of time for one section, you don't have to go back and re-record it. You can just yeah, kind of drag it across, put it back in the grid. Select all quantize is the yeah. best. <laughs> so sick. Fuck yeah. And then from made to measure, where's like where's your journey go from there? Like after those 20 shows or so. Uh well I got um I got expelled from school okay. in year 12. And um then I moved to the sunny coast after that, which is where I met the Malibu Stacy fellas. Yeah. Cause that's when I first heard of like you was through Malibu Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. So we started, my first show there was boys wave with like your weight in gold and um, like thesis and arrivals. And okay, that was you. a great show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I played with them. I'm still with them. We haven't done anything in quite a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bergie moved to Melbourne. Yeah, uh, but there is some there's some stuff in the oven. We just got to record vocals, and then we got another EP ready to I'll go. See. All the same dudes, because I know Anthony's doing um, Nervous Light now. Nervous Light, yeah. So yeah. is Jolive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Rich. Um, yeah, and I've got Brightwater at the moment. Yeah, so yeah. We, we've all got different stuff. Well. But uh, yeah, we're we're doing. I think we're just going to do one more one more EP, and then two of that, and then put it to bed. Because okay. it's been a band since 2011, Malibu. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was fun. We we toured the country a couple of times. I got to yeah. see a little bit of the world. Yeah. He did um, heaps of stuff. Like Malibu was like one of those bands that were like making the moves. Yeah. Well, Jordan's very good at marketing. Okay. So that helped. Like he knew yeah. everybody that you were supposed to know. Yeah. So that certainly didn't hurt. Yeah. And, I was um, talking to Adam from Wild Heart yesterday and like, I think he said at the end of his, the one, like one of the things he regrets is not like getting in on the networking side of being in a band earlier. Yeah. And it is a grind. I hate yeah. it. That's kind of the reason why I moved away from being in bands. Cause it's just a hustle all the yeah, time. All the time. And yeah. no- <laughs> nothing feels genuine. You go to shows and you talk to people and they yeah. know that I'm not talking to them for any reason other than they run a, <laughs> a tape pressing factory or some bullshit. Okay, yeah. Um, same as comedy, you know, I, I speak to a lot of people and it feels disingenuous because they know that I'm trying to just get booked on their room. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah Networking is a grind. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, so you've gone into it already. We'll go into comedy. And was that after the last Malibu release that you started like dipping your toes into comedy? Yeah, that was that was a while ago. Internesson got dropped 2015. Yeah. And I started comedy when I was 21. So I okay. don't know what year that would have been. That would have been around 20 yeah, around 2016 or so. I've been doing okay. it for about five years. So we're about the same age. Yeah, I'm 25 now. Okay, I'm 26. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Sick. Cool. So 2016 um, start getting into comedy and how was your first show? It was 
it was fine. I saw a show the week before at Hey uh, Comedy Club. Okay. And um, Nick Kappa was hosting. It's kind of a like this tall dude with like an afro. Okay. And then the next, I, I asked Nick how to get into it, and he told me, you know, go to this open mic on Sunday. I'm like, all right, sick, I'll do that. And I went there, and then there was another tall guy with an afro, David Woodhead. He was hosting. Oh, okay. And I thought it was the same dude. So I started talking to him like real confidently, like he <laughs> yeah. knew me. And uh, I guess I held myself with such confidence that he decided to just put me on the lineup halfway through the show. That's so sick. So he gave me five minutes and I went up and I did some, I did some terrible bullshit. <laughs> it, uh, it wasn't that bad for a first gig. Like I've seen yeah. some terrible first gigs. Yeah. And um, I got a couple of like light chuckles and I'm like, okay, so I didn't get nothing. Like I didn't completely bomb. Yeah. So that means I have something in there. I just need sure. to work on it and hone it for a little bit. Uh, so I, I just took that five minutes and I worked on it for like a year, just trying to make it as, as punchy as possible. Yeah. And um, yeah, after a while I was doing, you know, festival shows after about a year, like doing half hour spots and that's crazy. getting paid to host and stuff. Fuck yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. <clears throat> so a lot of people think that it takes it just takes a lot of time to get your name out there. But I think the truth is that if you're funny, like if you have it, then it doesn't really take a whole lot of time to get noticed. Yeah, definitely. But having said that, I've been doing it for five years and there's still a lot of people in this town that haven't seen me. Um, yeah. I've never, I haven't performed at the main club yet because uh, they haven't asked me to, and I'm okay. too proud to ask them to do it. Yeah. Cause I'm a prick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I decided to just, I got fed up. I gave him a call last week and I'm like, oi, I've been doing this for a half decade and you haven't booked me. What's going on? They're like, yeah. we've never heard of you. Have you made an effort to reach out? I'm like, no, <laughs> why would I do that? Yeah. Um, but they asked me to send send some footage of my set to them and then, you know, they'll they'll see what they can do. But yeah, that's that's the same kind of thing. The networking side of it, just having yeah. videos ready to go, like trying to prove yourself. Yeah. I think like the only thing that would separate the two scenes is if you're good from the jump, you're going to get further quicker in comedy. Yeah. I mean, I see bands like opening bands that are fantastic and they've only yeah. done like two shows Yeah, and no one really gives a shit because it's an opening <laughs> band and no yeah, one yeah. saw them anyway. Yeah. They're all just hanging out the front, listening to Panic at the Disco or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's the smokers area break. Yeah, yeah. Like Grizzly yeah. Shark were great from the get-go. Yeah. I saw their first show and they did very well. Yeah, there's like and a bunch of only now they're over. they're starting to get some recognition. Yeah. With them and uh Hang 'em High and uh there's another band I can't think off the top of my head, but like those sorts of bands are just like they were opening bands and now they're just starting to get the recognition. I, I guess it's because no one else is playing shows. Yeah. No, it's easy to kind of um, to set yourself apart these days. Yeah. But I mean, we have the same kind of thing in, in comedy. We have a, it's the phrase is uh, the eternal open micer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where we know people that have been doing this for like 10, 15 years and they're mm. still just doing the same shitty taverns. Yeah. Uh, but that's just because they don't they don't got it like the the ability to grow as a comedian uh yeah i mean they just don't have the the x factor i guess oh, they yeah, get yeah, up yeah. and um yeah the jokes might be good but the delivery's stiff yeah, yeah and uh yeah they just haven't figured it out yeah well yeah i guess like if they're if they're content doing that then more power to them but 
probably wouldn't hurt for them to work on their act. It's all like thousand hours of practice to get good at something. Yeah. Well, coming back from, from COVID was terrifying for me because I, um, I, I try to take my, my sets pretty seriously. Yeah. yeah. And I, I hadn't done one in like six months or something after the first like big lockdown. Yeah. And um, I had a show I was hosting for, uh, I think I was hosting for Good Jack Comedy Club. And then I, I went, I drove out to the bush and I did my set. It was a 10 minute set. I, I did that five times perfectly. Yeah. And like, if I fucked up a line or something, then I just start over. Like I had to do it five times perfectly in a row. Yeah. And I was out there for about three hours. It was like freezing cold um just rambling to myself on the side of the road in kalanga yeah so that's that kind of um that discipline i suppose you you still have to have that regime the same way you do in music where you have to you know rehearse weekly yeah you've got to have your shit tight yeah otherwise it's like it's very obvious if you don't yeah i mean right now i'm not as i'm not as concerned because it is possible for me to just go up at this stage yeah and just riff and do fine yeah, you're at that stage now. And I think that's where, like, music and comedy sort of splinter off a bit from being so similar as once you get, like, comfortable and good at what you do in comedy, you can kind of just be a bit more off the cuff where with being in a band, you've kind of got to stay in that, like, headspace of, like, constant grind. Yeah, especially if you play, uh, like, some more uh, complicated pieces. Yeah, for sure. Cause that's the deal with Brightwater, my current solo project. Yeah. Um, it's like math rock. So it's a lot of like weird type signatures and, and double hand tapping and shit like that. Okay, yeah. And uh, we're talking about maybe doing a, a live show for an album launch. That'd be fucking but sick. That terrifies me. Cause I haven't done live <laughs> music in years. Yeah, and yeah. this is more complicated than anything I've played in the past. Okay. Yeah. What's the inspiration behind doing something like that then from being in like bands like Malibu and like made to measure and stuff? Um, well, Malibu, I always tried to slip little weird math rock things in there. Like, I think we have one song that's in 14 over eight. Okay. Um, that was me. Then I, I, I always tried to, to get some, some tapping riffs and like weird chords and fun lead parts in there. Yeah. Um, but I could never really do all of the stuff I wanted to do while keeping it like catchy pop punk. Yeah. So I kind of just wanted to start a project where I could just write the music I felt like actually writing. Yeah. Um, and that's my water. Yeah, definitely. And it's not always like math rock. I've I've got some like sad boy lo-fi shit on the yeah. on the new album as well, and some that acoustic stuff. Um, some piano songs so yeah. yeah it's um it i try not to define that project as a genre so yeah. much as malibu was like we yeah. had a sound i don't think brightwater has a sound yeah well it's whatever you make it it's you're the driving force behind it you're doing everything on it so like yeah you, you dictate what it is yeah one one huge difference is i'm actually going through a producer for this album okay. yeah um, james walmsley He's okay, engineering cool. it. We're about like 75% done with the record now. Cool. Um, just got like vocals and, and little things like tambourine and stuff. Um, 
so that's that's helped a lot having a second set of ears to kind of help me you know if like a lyric sounds strange or if you know a guitar part doesn't sit right with the bass or whatever yeah he can tell me because i i'm I'm terrible like criticizing myself when i'm recording myself i just blast through it recording it and be like yep that sounds good and just moving on (laughs) yeah yeah so it's good to have someone be like nope that was shitty let's do that again yeah because i think like you could probably get a bit too close I have that with writing as well. Sometimes I'm getting too close to something and I don't want to accept straight away that a part needs work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially if you've had the part written for two months Yeah. and then you go into the, into record a demo or something and they're like, Oh, how about we change that part? I'm like, but it's my part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my part. It's my all, boy. <laughs> all of it's your part, but that one part is integral. Yeah, especially when it was a bit that you were like super stoked about, and they're like, yeah. "No, nah, scrap it!" I'm like, yeah. damn, <laughs> yeah, just work it in somewhere else. But then he'll add something new to it that I wouldn't have even considered, exactly, and it sounds way yeah. better. So, yeah. got to be open minded. Yeah, it's always good to have like somebody to bounce your ideas off of. Yeah, for sure. That that was the thing I kind of miss about Malibu, like riding with people. Yeah. Cause now I'll, I'll just like put down a, a demo like in my little home recording setup and then um, take it into the studio. And we ended up using some of the demo tracks anyway, like oh, on the final yeah. thing. That's sick. Because the recording setup I've got here isn't too bad. Yeah. I think and, that's uh, like- I'm doing it in a bedroom at the moment anyway. Like my producer just works out of his house. Okay, sick, but um, yeah. he's very, very good at what he does. So yeah. I guess that's the difference. It's not about the the gear or the space. Mm. It's about the quality of the content you're going to put out. Yeah, no, I can't believe that we, it was recorded in a bedroom. Yeah, it's nuts. Some, some of the stuff feel. that people are able to do now without like having like tens of thousands of dollars worth of gear, like, is fucking crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's nuts. We um. We ran, we, we used real amps, which I was stoked about because oh, we've yeah. always just used like, uh, we've used campers oh, yeah, until yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we recorded everything through a JCM 800 for oh, this yeah. album. That's so sick. Uh, and it's, it sounds so huge. Yeah. I can imagine it would fucking sound incredible. We also use my Clon. I don't know if you're familiar. You're a guitarist. Yeah. Yeah. I play guitar. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Clon, the Clon no. Centaur? No, it's a five five thousand dollar overdrive pedal. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just and um, I'm like, I don't even know what pedals are out there. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah I got the I got the ninety dollar Wish replica. Okay, and it sounds exactly the same. I'm very oh, happy yeah. with it. That's sick. We drew. There's a little uh, a photo of a, a centaur on the front of it. Oh, that's holding a tough. sword. That's so. Tough. Uh, but to to spice it up and make it our own, while we were in the studio, we got a little sharpie and we put nipples on him, and we also <laughs> made the sword into an umbrella. That's sick. That's incredible. Yeah. Then, um. So you also have your podcast, the Macho Cast. Uh yeah. Well, Macho Cast is the like network, like production oh, okay. company, I suppose. Okay. Uh, the pods pods called Beer Shark. Yeah. Okay. It fucking kills me whenever I like. Like it comes up on my Facebook all the time, but whenever I watch the videos, they destroy me. <laughs> Thanks, man. Legitimately very funny. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really happy with uh with it. I do it with James Matthews, another yeah. comedian. Yeah. Um, another former punk. He used to play drums in a band called the OK Cowboys. Okay. 
Um, yeah. They were very good. That was kind of just tongue in cheek, like country punk. That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. And um, yeah, he's a wild soul. He got kicked out of most of the venues in the Gold Coast. He's banned oh, from a lot of them. That's just from that's the insane shows. Yeah. Um, at one stage, he brought a, a vacuum cleaner on stage and then ran the mic through the vacuum cleaner and just oh. used the handle <laughs> as a. <laughs> that's so funny. Which we ended up bringing back for the pod. We did that for one of the episodes of the pod as well. That's so funny. Yeah, but it's a it's a blast. We we like to record in weird places. We did yeah. one. We did a hundredth episode from the laundromat. I did watch that. Yeah, and that guy was like getting drying out in between you guys. Yeah, it was people were trying to do the laundry around us, and we were complaining about them being there. That's um, so funny. James took some took some panties out of the dryer and put them on his head. It was a nightmare. <laughs> It's so sick. I feel like that's refreshing as fuck for like the comedy podcast scene as well. Cause there's like a thousand, like millions of podcasts getting around, but I don't think I've ever seen a podcast come from a laundromat. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a podcast called a podcast, but outside, which is okay. pretty good. Um, they just set up, they, they've got this bloody desk that says, um, come be on our podcast. We'll give you a dollar and people can just sit down and they'll interview that's such a fucking sick idea. That is so funny. It, it's a sick idea, but it's very it's very genuine. They just have genuine conversations with these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what sets apart our show is the fact that we all complain that anybody is around us, even though we're in their space. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yeah, well, I'm just tired of um, I'm tired of podcast hosts being likable because I think podcasts are of a medium where you can just kind of do whatever you want because no yeah. one listens if they're not down to down with what you're doing. Yeah. So the whole premise of the show is just that we're scumbags. That's very basically. funny. It's a, <laughs> it's a big character piece. Yeah, that's funny as fuck. We do I, songs. We do a weekly song. I, I did watch that one where you were playing drums and um, James was singing over it. <laughs> that, was, that was very funny. Yeah, it took a rant where he was complaining about women touching his nuts and I just played <laughs> drums. I tried to find the, the rhythm of his speech. Yeah, that's sick. That shit's so funny. It's like a lot see, of fun to do. Yeah, because like you see those videos of like parts in movies and people are like playing guitar to their speech patterns. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a guy on YouTube that just does drums for all of them. Uh, he's done one for like King of the Hill and Willy Wonka. Oh, it's so sick. I can burn out. I was watching that shit. King of the Hill is underrated as fuck. Yeah, it really didn't get its, uh, its, its platform it deserved on no. the animation podium, I think. Definitely. Especially there's one episode where I think Hank takes Bobby to go like buying clothes and Bobby just like takes all his clothes off and puts on arseless chaps and starts running around. It's, like, Dude, it's so weird. Bobby was the best LGBT representative in cartoons for years. <laughs> for sure. And he's also like slightly autistic. Yeah, he's a, he's a really woke character. Yeah, he's, it's He excellent. represents, yeah. He's across He definitely board. grew up to be a podcaster, I think. <laughs> definitely. That's so sick. And then, as well, I've got my list. I'm just reading it. I'll probably edit this out because it's a bit awkward. Um, See how the sausage is made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then from... Oh, fuck, I just went out of the... This is a fucking... It's gone off the rails. The wheels have fallen off the finish line. <laughs> they definitely have. Um, all right. So if you could have like done music again and comedy again, was there anything you would change about both of those parts of your life? 
Um, I, I, what, I wish I did some more heavy stuff. I'm thinking of doing a hardcore project, just like a little three track demo or something. Yeah, fuck yeah, that'd be sick. But I wish that when I had the time, I did the hardcore band I always dreamed about. Okay. Um, but other than that, I'm pretty happy with, with where I ended up. Yeah. Um, I think with comedy, I, I wish that I was a little more confident to begin with because I'm only really getting confident now and that yeah. definitely helps with the performances. Yeah. Um, but also you need to get good enough at comedy to be worthy of being confident. Yeah. So that's a catch 22. So I think I've, um, yeah, I think I've ended up in a pretty good, pretty good spot. I don't know if I would do anything different. Fuck yeah, sick. Well, yeah, like I think your comedy is incredibly funny. All the skits you post and the podcast is very funny and everything you've done in Malibu is fucking excellent. And I'm stoked to hear more from Brightwater when that comes out. Yeah, thank you. No, I'm really... I, I, I think the thing is I just don't put my name with anything that's shit. Yeah, that definitely Like if, if someone asked me to do like even music videos that I've directed in the past, someone would yeah. send me the song and it's garbage. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this one, man. Yeah. Cause you did that for a while as well. Like the, the media side of it with videos and photography and everything. Yeah. Now I was filming bands, doing shows and doing music yeah. videos. And I worked for a church doing, I was a camera technician there for, okay. for a while. Um, so that was, that was my whole life. I've got about $30,000 of film equipment in the garage yeah. right now. That's insane yeah is that uh, something- but that's also good because now i can just use it for sketches and now we have yeah. like world-class video production for our sketches fuck yeah that's sick because like the uh the sketch you were doing about selling your car because your wife left you was fucking incredible <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> uh this is we're thinking of doing a sequel for that soon oh definitely that's fucking excellent <laughs> where he buys it back off the uh the guy he sold it to oh yes <laughs> that's so good is um filming band something you want to get back into uh not really because since i've been gone everybody's doing so well like in terms of the the quality of music videos being produced uh like nick hargens elliot salvage um like even even like sam pina he's doing incredible things yeah yeah. and i don't want to compete like it looks like too much work i I don't want to make this the same sort of insane shit that they're doing yeah and for me to go in and do what I used to do, like the same quality of stuff that I, I always have and charge the same amount of, as those guys. Um, I don't think, uh, I just don't think I have a place in the market anymore. Not to okay. mention I'm kind of just bored of it. Yeah. Cinema. I, I, I got a full-time job doing advertising. Like I was, I was directing commercials for oh. a, a bull bar company. Let's see. And editing them and everything and then just the the grind of going into an office every day at six o'clock and just like working on videos and going home and fucking having to make videos at home it just took the took the love out of it for me so i think that was the the final straw of me in the media world was just making some commercials for four-wheel drives and then seeing a the therapist because of what yeah just going and like fucking hate my job i hate bull bars yeah, fucking bull bars. <laughs> well, I I used to work in the factory welding the bull bars, and then oh. they pulled me out of the factory and put me in the office, and I'm like, sick, I'm, I'm moving on up. Yeah. And uh, then I was like, can I go back to the welding, please? Yeah, <laughs> it's not as nice up here. So I quit, and I I started working in a warehouse again because that okay. was preferable to making videos. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> that's hectic. And then well, uh, 
quit the warehouse and now I'm welding again. So it's a circle of life. Fuck yeah. Just daily grind, daily weld. Yeah. Well, if the weld's shit, you have to grind it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Sick. Awesome, man. Well, um, do you want to get into your top five favorite bands of all time? I reckon number one would still probably be Fight Star, that okay. uh, the band from uh, with the guy from Busted. Yeah. Um, I think definitely Foxing deserves a mention. They just dropped a new album and it's it's mental. Fuck yeah. Uh, they had a fun fun way of advertising it as well. They had f- six flash games, like online games that you could play to okay. like like relating to the album they were like rituals yeah. like satanic rituals that's so sick. and uh if you finish all of them you uh got links to like a ticket to watch an on like a virtual show that's fucking wild so i'm gonna do that after this that's gonna yeah. be fun <laughs> sick um i think basement is up there okay it's just a classic that i've i've loved since i was uh i was a kid um stick to your guns excellent band they were like the first band to like get me out of metalcore and into hardcore. Yeah, fuck yeah, that's sick. Um, also, kind of relatable to like your situation of playing like the music you play, and then also swapping to Brightwater with um, Jesse being in Trade Wind. Also, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a the guy from Defeaters doing like an acoustic thing as well. Is that Alcoa? Fuck yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of hardcore and there's a lot of hardcore bands just flipping completely yeah. like ceremony. They used to be hard as fuck and now they're like Brit pop. Yeah. So it's hard to tell what'll happen with yeah. a lot of hardcore bands where they want to start like side projects and doing dreamy stuff. Um, or just turning the full band around. Yeah, which yeah. is fair enough. If, if you're yeah. tired of playing one style, then why hold on to it, I suppose? Yeah, it's all about personal and creative growth. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I, I really like expire, which I know isn't a very cool thing to say right now. I think yeah. they've been canceled or something. I, I, think uh, so. I haven't, I haven't looked into it because yeah. I don't care. Um, it stops me from enjoying art. If I start giving a shit about what the artists are doing as people, um, but expire rules, I've got an expire tattoo on my arm. And then okay. on my other arm is, is death cat for cutie, okay. which I reckon deserves a spot on the top five. Yeah. I feel like they're kind of uh, a bit overlooked for the time Death- period they were in. Death Cab? Yeah. Yeah, I mean they were they were huge in for like nerds. Yeah. Like if you were a dork that didn't go outside, then you love them. <laughs> yeah. And there's millions of those people. Like they have a big fan base. Yeah. But you never see someone at a party in like a Death Cab shirt because none of them go to parties. Yeah. <laughs> it's just for recluses. Yeah, it's That's like this fine. shirt is to sit in front of the computer in. <laughs> it's for the mirror only. Yeah, you ever wonder if someone's had like gotten laid to you, like in your merch? Uh, probably not. I, <laughs> the idea of that's funny, but probably not my old band's merch. Because like I've had so many things. Like I've had I've had one night stands where I looked down and like I wonder what I was wearing, and it was like a fucking like a Braves shirt or like That's an arrival hoodie <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I wonder I should tell them about that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it'd be very funny to like receive just a random message being like, yeah, I just had a one night stand last night. I was wearing a merch. <laughs> yeah. Thanks around. to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to that sexy design. Yeah. <laughs> That's sick. 
Um, yeah, and then who are some comedians on the come up that you think people should keep an eye out for? Because I feel like Australian comedy isn't as recognised as American comedians because of social media. Yeah, for sure. A lot of a lot of Australian comics just don't care about promoting their stuff. They're, they're, they're in the mindset, like that old school mindset of being like, well, if I'm good on stage, I can, you know, people will recognize me. Yeah, yeah. But no one's going to come. And... Yeah. But the problem is no one's going to come see you on stage if no one knows who you are. But my favorite, uh, favorite Australian comedian of all time is Damien Power. Okay. He's a Brisbane guy. We uh, we do a lot of shitty open mics together and I've oh, had yeah. to follow him a bunch of times and he just buries me because he's oh, been doing it for ages. Yeah. He's hilarious. He's uh, he's on the project a fair bit. Okay, yeah. Um, he has an hour for free on YouTube, which is a fantastic special. It was shot at the uh, at some some theater in Melbourne. And uh, yeah, the another another good friend of mine, Jacob Lingard, very okay. funny. Um, I don't know if he has any stuff out online, but his Instagram, Jacob Lingard Comedy, I believe. See, um, a lot of good stuff on there. He posts little clips and stuff. Uh, I think everyone should get around James Matthews, my, my yeah. co-host of my podcast. He's very funny. He's one of the funniest people in the city. Yeah, he, I, he comes across to me as like a almost like a more real and wild equivalent of a Theo Vaughn in pop, like mainstream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like Theo Vaughn mixed with Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, definitely. Which is no. a, a dangerous Lethal. combination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but also, uh, we we recently did a podcast with Michael Cho, okay. He, um, which was the first, I think he's the first person of color we had on the podcast. He's a, a Vietnamese man, yeah, a comic. And um, people have criticized us for not having any uh, like a very diverse lineup of guests okay. on the show. So we we just we had him on not because of that, just because we were like doing a show with him. We were in the car and we had all the gear. And we're like, all right, let's do a mobile. Let's do a little yeah. live pod from the show <laughs> yeah, from the car. And um, I was I was excited because in the back of my mind, I was like, all right, sick. Well, now they can't say that we don't get like just straight white people on the show. Yeah. We yeah. Can, uh... <laughs> and then we gave him the mic and like the first story was about how the like, last time he saw his dad in Korea, he ate dog. Whoa. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, I suppose uh, I suppose we've given you what you wanted. And uh, <laughs> this is the result. Yeah. yeah. Because Still fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's sick. But he's and he's very funny. Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, yeah. I reckon everybody should check out what you're doing as well. Like your comedy is very funny. You're good at what you do. Your skits are like well thought out and well written. Thanks, man. Yeah. And the podcast well, uh, all, is very all, funny. All of my personal stuff is just on my YouTube account, Jack Marshall. Okay. Yeah. Or uh, or I just put it on a Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Um. But Macho Cast Comedy is our, like me and James, our joint venture where we like yeah. actually script the, the stuff and then we have crews to shoot our videos and they're very, they're pretty high production. Yeah. So yeah, we've, we've got a couple of things out there. I think my favorite sketch, if you want something to start on is the, uh, I think it's called When You Get Fired and You Apply for a New Job. I did watch that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's about a man who I play where he gets is looking for a job and then they ask him why he got fired from his old one and it was uh because he uh fingered a dog yeah at a dog bar. <laughs> yeah yeah 
<laughs> I remember watching that. It came up on my Facebook and I was like, this is incredibly funny. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you're bored looking for something to do, if you're in lockdown and you need some shit to watch, I've got plenty of plenty of content up there. Um I'll be recording my set soon. I've got a, a tight 10 minutes that I've, I'm going to record and maybe oh, publish. Cool. Where are you going to record that at? Uh, Good Chat Comedy Club. Okay, cool. See. Yeah, that's the best spot in the city. It's always packed out with people that are having a good time. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, hopefully I can do my show there on Wednesday if the city isn't still locked down. Yeah, hopefully. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. I'm not hopeful, but uh, <laughs> I'll get up there eventually. Yeah, yeah. That's sick, man. And uh, finally, if you could like best describe the the similarities between both Brisbane comedy and heavy music, what would you like put together with that? Uh, there's a lot of rapists in both. <laughs> a lot more in comedy since I started. Okay. Um, <laughs> But no, it's uh, it's very, it's very clicky. Like yeah. all of the shit that I hated about the heavy music scene is exactly the same in comedy. Like there's these parties where it's like only the guys that have been on ABC are at this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, like there's these little little groups that kind of congregate around each other. Yeah, yeah. And that's very similar. Like there's there's clubs and open mics that just won't book certain people because they just don't like them. Um, so it's very clicky in that sense. But also. All of the things I loved about the heavy music community are the same. Um, you know, you can go to to any of the comedy clubs, and I'll know eighty percent of the people there, and it'll be good to just catch up with everyone. Like it's a yeah. real community. Yeah. And then when I travel for shows, like I I went up to Cairns last month and met everyone there. They're very very funny people up in Cairns. Fuck yeah. Um, Caleb Day is another one. Caleb okay. Day and Joe Waddington from Cairns. Yeah. Hilarious yeah. fellows. Um. So it's good to to be able to go to pretty much any city in Australia and I'll know someone there. Yeah, that's sick. Which is the same as, as hardcore. Like if we were on tour and we were in a town we've never been, we knew that there was going to be someone in a band that we were familiar with yeah. that would put us up for the night or, you know, just want to like have a beer or something while we were there. Yeah. Just inclusive for art to grow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And That's then, it. you know, as if I rock up to a new town, first show, like on the day I land or whatever, I'll just do a set and then I'll start talking to the other comics there. And then that's, that's you know, the friends that I've made for the, the rest of the trip. I'll just hang out with them for yeah. the rest of the days that I'm there. Fuck yeah. Cool. Joe Waddington and, and Peter James took me to a, a mini golf course up oh, in Cairns. It may, it may have been the most pathetic mini golf course i've ever been to um all all of the uh obstacles were just bricks that they glued to the concrete oh no <laughs> that's horrible and they had one decoration and it was a uh, a little steel sunflower that looked like it's been there since the holt administration that's fucked man but that's that's far north queensland for you yeah just getting it how they can get it man you get what you're given yeah, <laughs> we'll get what you make in that, in that situation. Yeah, Kansas is what you make of it. Yeah. <laughs> Sick, man. Well, um, thanks for doing the podcast. We'll get to your socials and then shut it down. Thanks for having me, man. This is great. It's all good. Um, my, on Instagram, I'm Frog Dad. 
That's my uh, my username. You can find me on Facebook, Jack Marsha. I pretty much accept everyone because I just want people to look at my stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sick. On YouTube, Jack Marsha and Marsha Cast Comedy. And also Twitter. I'm not as active on there, but um, I'm crowd killing on okay. Twitter. <laughs> that's very funny. Which is a... Yeah, that's a, a Twitter name that, that carried over from the hardcore days that I just ne- never ended up changing. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, so that's that's me, uh, Jack Marshall Film at gmail.com if you want to sign me up for any like gay websites. Excellent. And uh, yeah, email me and I'll give you my address and we can hang out. Sick. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> and there it is. Another week done. Jack Marshall, very funny guy. He has me laughing the entire podcast. Great dude also, like I said in the intro. And you can check... All his music endeavors out, Malibu Stacy, Brightwater, and his comedy. Check it out. He hits his handles at the very end of the episode. But yeah, go check out his comedy. Leave comments. Tell him that he's fucking really funny because he is. And yeah, on board with supporting your local heavy scene, support your local comedy scene. Um, you know, I've, I've found personally through my interests in music and comedy just because I'm a big fan of comedy and have been like most of my life and professional wrestling. Uh, all those communities are very similar, starving artists, so to speak. Uh, yeah, which I'm a fucking big fan of. But yeah, uh, if you've got time later today, weekly comedy Wednesdays at the Good Chat Comedy Club. Go check out Jack as well as a bunch of other really funny comedians. Um, yeah, sick stuff. Um, we'll be back next week with a new guest, more of the Zoom sessions. But yeah. Thanks for listening. And you can also follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Heavy Sweater Podcast and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Podbean, Heavy Sweater Podcast. And yeah, I've got a link tree on my Instagram and Facebook if you want to get to any of the other stuff from there. It's easy. Tell your friends. If you like what I'm doing over here, tell your friends about it. Um, Because this isn't for me. Like, I, I love heavy music and I want the Brisbane scene to be looked at uh, at a point where it was a couple of years ago where it was like the hottest thing and there were great bands all over the place and it was a real collaborative effort by everybody and I, I want that for this scene more than anything. So if you know somebody likes heavy music, you know someone that likes hearing stories about heavy music, you know someone who just likes hearing stories in general or somebody that likes podcasts in general, let them know about this. And hopefully they'll check out some bands that we talk about or bands that are featured on here and we'll go from there. But yeah, support your local scene, support your local art. Thanks.